and greetings and welcome to the Live Happy Now podcast. I'm your host, J.R. Houston, joined once again by Deborah Heiss. We'll be talking with her in a minute, as well as Paula Phelps. I believe this marks the first time in episode 50 that all three people who host at various times this podcast are going to be on the same podcast together. Really? I, it's a I guess that's right. Occasion. It's a momentous <laughs> occasion. Really excited about that. Uh, we've got a, a great issue of Live Happy magazine that uh, we're going to be talking about. We also want to mention our partner, Life Reimagined. The website is lifereimagined.org slash happy. They've got all kinds of processes for you to try out and resources for you as you attempt to achieve your peak happiness. As you awaken to the power of happiness, so do your dreams. So what's next? Find out more at lifereimagined.org. Well, Deborah, I was flipping through the issue before we went to air here, and uh, there are quite a few fantastic pictures, quite a few fantastic stories in here. These things, uh, the, the magazine gets more interesting all the time. I'm glad to hear you say that because I, I, of course, think it does, and the staff does a remarkable job finding these stories and pulling together the issue. And, you know, every issue seems to be my favorite, and this one, most of all, is, uh, you know, really near and dear to my heart because one of the focuses in this one, I think, Everybody who listens to the podcast knows I have three children. Uh-huh. Uh, one of the big focuses on this issue is parenting, raising positive uh-huh. kids. We've talked about that with several of our guests. How do you instill it in children? So it'll be very good to have that uh, in, in handy magazine form if you need to sometimes <laughs> reference back to it quickly. Yeah, and there's a lot of tips in the issue, and there's just a lot of really good information on route. How do I incorporate thriving and positivity and positive psychology into my parenting habits? And there's some great tips in there. I learned a few things. I just think it's really worthwhile as a parent to pick it up and, 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 and read those. They're too numerous to go through here, but just really, there's a lot of great information there. There's so much stuff to dig in here. Two of my favorite people that we've featured in the magazine are in this particular issue, one of which being the guy, I got to say, is NFL Hall of Famer Michael Strahan, and he's talking about optimism and determination, something he definitely uh, displayed in the NFL and now doing live morning television. Yeah, and he's really uh, an optimistic guy, and he really wakes up every day with an idea of making the day the best day possible, and that comes through in the article, it comes through in his new book. We were just really thrilled to have him be part of the magazine. He's an incredible person. He's got a book. It's, it's all kinds of information in there. And again, being a guy, another great uh, person featured in this <laughs> magazine is Kristen Bell. In fact, she's on the cover of this one. What's Kristen talking about in this, in this uh, particular issue? Well, you know, Kristen really is talking about uh, how to maintain a happy outlook. She's got a celebrity marriage. She's a new mother. Really, it's just all about how she is happy, how she maintains that happiness, open communication, um, fostering good relationships. She just really has a lot of good tips that she gives people, but she's also, she really comes across as a warm human being. The person who interviewed her for us just talked about they had 45 minutes scheduled. She went way over. She just infused <laughs> A few positive emotions, and she really is is a great personality. Most of us have probably seen the incredible uh, Sloth interview when she was in Ellen DeGeneres' show. She <laughs> loves sloths. And her personality is just really that genuine and that emotional and bubbly, and it was just a great opportunity to have her on the cover. I don't know how anyone in that household between Kristen Bell and her husband, Dax Shepard, could ever be, like, down. They're always happy and bubbly all the time. But they really work at their relationship, and it comes oh, yeah. through an interview with her about how they really work to maintain, be positive with each other. And, it's, and it's, a great, it's a great interview, and it's a great article. 
Coming up in the month of March, it's a very big month uh, for Live Happy Magazine. We've got uh, the March to Happiness. International Day of Happiness is coming up. Yeah, International Day of Happiness is March 20th every year. This year, we are doing for the entire month of March, March to Happiness. And if people go to happyacts.org, that's happyacts.org, and sign up, we're going to email or text you, your choice, a suggested happy act for the day. We're trying to create a positive world. We're trying to spread happiness around around the world. And one of the ways to do that is to impact other people's lives in a positive way. And so we're emailing or texting suggested happy acts. And this is a huge campaign for us. And we want people to tag their happy acts on social media, share what they're doing with hashtag happy acts. And there's a tag board on that site, happyacts.org, where people can go see what everybody else is doing. But the goal here is to create as much positive action in the world as possible through the month of March. And then it all culminates on March 19th. March 20th is the International Day of Happiness, but it's a Sunday. So on March 19th, <laughs> um, we're hosting in uh, 70 cities around the, around the world, really, uh, Korea, United Kingdom, Mexico, Canada, as well as the United States, happiness walls where people can walk by and write on a card, I will share happiness by, and that's it. It's a social activation campaign to get people to think about how they can make themselves or other people happier and declare it and put it on a wall and to get people thinking about how they can impact other people's happiness. And that was a fantastic tool. We've done something similar before. I think last year on uh, we saw Ben Stiller was making one to put up there and yeah. various other people. So, But you don't have to be a, a celebrity who's been in museum movies. You can you can just be you know, uh, you can a be regular person. In fact, we had, we had a lot of celebrities participate. One of the big things is we want to activate the Twitterverse, you know, tweeting mm-hmm. about happy acts. We had a lot of uh, celebrity participation in that. You know, Ariana Huffington participated. Uh, we had Desmond Tutu participated one wow. year, and Maya Angelou, while she was still alive, tweeted. I mean, it's just been a, it's been a, a, a tremendous go campaign up these names for us. You're dropping all this. <laughs> yeah. but, but the goal is really to create happiness in the world, and the way to do that is to start sharing it and spreading it with others. Happiness is one of those things that grows when it's shared. The more you put out there, really, the more you get back. As so many of the interviews we've we've had on this show really talk about. Absolutely. And if you enjoy reading Live Happy magazine when it comes out, you're really going to enjoy Live Happy, 10 Practices for Choosing Joy. And uh, that's a book that is going to be coming out. And uh, I know you've been working really hard on this. And we've talked to some people uh, who are featured in the book. And it, it is just it's an exciting time as this thing gets ready to launch. It is. I think it's a tremendous book. It's got uh, 40 stories of people who have chosen joy in their life through whatever through one of these practices, practices like attitude, gratitude, mindfulness, creativity, giving back. There's people who are really doing tremendous things in the world that are reflected in this book. But the book also includes the science behind why these activities work. So each chapter is set up with one of the practices and then four or five stories of people who are putting those practices in to, into life and then the science behind why it works and suggestions for things you can do to, to start building that practice in your own life. It's going to be a life-changing book for a lot of people. It's a way to look at taking control of your own happiness because as we all know here, happiness is a choice. And, you know, some of the stories are just really heartwarming and just unbelievable. There's a story in there about a girl who went blind after birth. She was raised not knowing she was going to go blind, but her parents knew she was. So her parents showed all these beautiful things in the world. And she has memories of these things. But she went blind. And um, after she went blind, she had a really positive outlook on life. And she kind of viewed blindness as an asset. And she learned how to read and write Braille in several languages. And she wanted to learn how to read Tibetan, but there was no braille language in Tibet. So she invented it 
Oh, wow. At 22, she invented the Braille language that's used widely in Tibet. At 22, I wasn't very good at using just the English language. Yeah, me. Yeah, me well, <laughs> I was okay at English, but everything else might not have been, you know, maybe not quite as structured as I am today. Man. But she invented Braille, Braille for Tibet. But one of the great quotes in this book is after she invented this language, they interviewed a boy from Tibet. And he says, I'm the only person in my village that can read. I'm thankful I'm blind. I'm the only one that can read. I speak and read three languages man. because I'm blind. I'm the only one in my village that can use the Internet. Wow. It's just a remark that not other people can read, but it's the only one in his village that can read and speak three languages. And he credits us to being blind. And the credit is given to her because she invented this language. So just remarkable things people can do in the face of hardship. That's just one of the 40 stories in this book. There's other stories from Hoda Kotb on attitude, Alanis Morissette, Jason Mraz, just a ton of great information. And I hope everybody uh, takes an opportunity to pick up the book. And right now we're running a pre-order offer um, where people go to livehappy.com slash pre-order mm-hmm. and they can, you can download 10 posters that go with the book, visual uh, posters on attitudes for choosing joy. Um, there's also some great audios, uh, 10 additional audios on each of the practices that you can, that you get if you pre-order the book. So go to livehappy.com slash pre-order, check out what we've got there, order the book. I know you're going to love it. And, um, I'm tired of shilling our book right now. (laughs) Not really. I just can't talk enough about it. I just don't want people to think that it's uh, just trying to get them to buy it. I actually want people to read it. I think it's really a tremendous book that all the editors here worked on. My name's on the cover, but everybody here uh, affiliated with Live Happy worked on this. We're really proud of it, and we hope that you enjoy it. It's it's certainly going to be a fantastic and exciting time when that book finally uh, hits shelves and, and find bookstores everywhere. Well, as promised earlier, we are excited to welcome Live Happy Science editor Paula Phelps to the podcast. Paula has worked as a freelance writer and editor since 1998 and has covered topics ranging from health and fitness to luxury cars and travel to business and technology. She's written uh, for such publications and websites as Executive Travel, American Driver, Self, Reserve, and of course live happy and in this episode i think paul we're going to talk to you about savoring which as i mentioned i was flipping through the magazine earlier and i think i found it in three or four different spots so this is really a core theme of this issue of live happy magazine first of all paula welcome to the show Thank you. It's a pleasure to have both of you on the mic with me today. <laughs> like I said, it's, it's a rare occurrence. The 50th episode, we finally get us all together. There we go. <laughs> well, can you explain what you mean when you talk about savoring? Yeah, savoring is really just our capacity to notice and appreciate the positive things that are in our life. You know, every day there are good things that are happening, and savoring is our ability to just stop and notice and acknowledge, and and that kind of amplifies that positive experience. Is it kind of a living in the moment, making sure you're always there kind of thing? It's kind of that on steroids. It just kind of (laughs) takes that, that mindfulness mentality just a little bit farther because, you know, with mindfulness, we stay aware of what is going on. We're staying present. Uh, With savoring, we're taking the extra step to really appreciate it. Where, like, uh, I was walking my dog earlier, and the way the sun was hitting the buildings across the street was just, it was spectacular. And I, you just kind of take that moment to stop and not just say, okay, look at the sun hitting the buildings. It's like, wow, that's, that's a really nice moment that I'm having right now. Part of it, I know from some of the conferences we've been to, part of the art of savoring is taking the time to describe why it's beautiful to yourself. 
Right, right, because you really build then within yourself that association in your brain where you, you really start thinking that way. Um, it changes the way that you start looking at things. And just instead of just acknowledging that something is beautiful, you start realizing why it's valuable and, and beautiful to you. Why is it important to, to stop and take these moments for someone who's on a happiness journey? Because there's, you know, there's two things that are so important, and one is knowing how to cope with the negative events in our life, because if we can do that, then we diminish their effects. And then the other is knowing how to appreciate the positive ones, because if we can really savor those positive moments, it amplifies the beauty of them. It really makes each one more, more powerful. That's what I was kind of wondering. Is it sort of a, a very appreciative outlook on the sweet so that you can better swallow the bitter? Is that sort of is that sort that's, of that's a great yeah, that's a great way to put it. It really does allow us to to cope with those difficult times because we know that something good, no matter how small, is around the corner. I know you did a lot of research in putting the main article on savoring together for the magazine. What can you tell us about savoring that we may not know or that may be surprising to us? Well, I think that it's the fact that savoring doesn't just happen in the moment. There's, there are different ways to savor, and basically there are three different approaches to it, and one is that anticipational savoring, and that is when you, you know that something's coming up, and you don't just say, oh, that's going to be great. You really take time to think about it and think, like, I, for myself, there's a concert coming up that I really wanted to see, and I got great tickets to it. And, and I think about that, and that really makes me happy. So that's increasing my joy of that experience even before it happens. And then there's the experiential savoring, which is the act itself, that being at that concert, being in whatever moment it is, and really taking the time to say, gosh, you know, I've looked forward to this. I'm here. I'm loving it. This is what I love about it, and really taking in all the sights, sounds, and feelings that, that are associated with it. And then after the fact, you have reminiscence savoring, and we're all familiar with this through vacations and things like that, where you come back and you can just relive those great moments. And Part of the beauty of doing the experiential savoring is that it enhances that reminiscent savoring because if you're more aware in the moment, then when you go back, you're going to have more memories to draw on and more association of great feelings that you're going to draw on. One thing uh, you talk about when it comes to, to all of this is peak and theory, and how is that r relevant to this uh, reminiscent savoring? Yeah, the peak end theory is interesting because, you know, so oftentimes we just let things end. And there are two things that we're going to remember about an event, and that is the best part of it and then the way it ended. So now if you can put those two things together, if you can do something at the end of any experience, whether it's a, a workout or a business meeting or your vacation, so you put this great peak experience into it, then, then that's how you're going to remember that entire event. And it, it enhances your perception and the way that you recall that event. And, and sort of the way that a, a distance runner might save a little bit early on and then kick at the end. Is that kind of what you're... Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's a great analogy for it. Although I wouldn't personally know that, but I hear no, I've been that, to that track meets. <laughs> I've been to them. I've not competed, but... So for me, it might be, uh, you know, 
on a vacation, maybe make sure that you're ending on a high note rather than uh, just kind of letting it peter out. Yeah, because so oftentimes, you know, like we go on a vacation and we run ourselves ragged and we have this great time. And then the end is us furiously throwing everything into our suitcases and hoping we haven't left something under the bed and we got to get out of there and get to the airport. And that's not the great way to end it. Well, that, that, that certainly has happened to me before, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're saying before you go out for the last night, you pack everything, and then you can just wake up and be done in the morning, is that? <laughs> Absolutely. There we go. So what, what, is, uh, what are ultimately the benefits of savoring? Oh, it really changes the way that your mind experiences things. It, you know, if you can start creating more positive emotion, we know that that builds upon itself. Um, Positive emotion attracts more positive emotion. And, and so as you learn to savor, you're really opening yourself up to that. And it's going to really allow you to start looking at even small things in a different way. And just like gratitude and mindfulness, which both, in my mind, are, are components of savoring, it really starts changing the way you look and appreciate things and just builds the joy and, and serenity in your life. That was going to be my next question. Is it something that it might take a little bit of doing when you first start, but by the time you really get rolling with it, it just becomes second nature and and you're able to enjoy things more without even having to think about the fact that you're enjoying it more? It is. It's a practice. It's like anything else with happiness. And it's one more tool for our toolbox that, that really helps us change the way we see and feel and experience things. What are some ways that we can practice savoring? Well, interestingly enough, one way is to take a break from things we like. There's a study that uh, showed chocolate. People were asked to not have this chocolate for a certain period of time. Well, then when they had it, the chocolate tasted so much better. Mm. So if there's something that you do enjoy, maybe don't make it a daily practice. Make it something that you reward yourself with instead of, of doing daily um, and that can be the difficult one to do, <laughs> but it's it's proven very effective. It's an absence makes the heart grow fonder kind of thing. There's, exactly. There's a particular restaurant where uh, I grew up, and I think where you grew up too, actually, Paula. I ate there all the time, and it, it was a fast food restaurant, which is terribly unhealthy. The Runda Hut? Yes, exactly. Oh, yes. There it is. The <laughs> There's some free advertising for you. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I would have it all the time. It wasn't all that special. Now I don't live in, in that area where they have those restaurants anymore. And so when I go back, oh, man, do those things taste amazing when we go back. It, it's it's See, incredible See, that's phenomenon. exactly it. It's an incredible phenomenon. What, what are some ways that we can we can get into these practices of savoring? It just starts small. It can be anything that you're doing, whether it's, you know, sitting down and reading to your child, whether it's taking a walk. Just start taking the time to notice. It really becomes about awareness, about getting outside of our heads and getting into the space that's around us. And, and one way that you can really enhance it is to have more social connections because if, when a positive experience is shared with someone else, it becomes bigger and, and more powerful. So if you're having trouble savoring, maybe it's something you start practicing with someone else and do it intentionally. You know, set an intention that you're going to learn to savor your experiences. I know I'm so guilty of, of checking things off a list instead of sitting down and enjoying the experience at hand. 
And this is a great time to just remember, like, we don't get this moment back. So just take that moment, stop looking at the next thing on the to-do list, and really just appreciate what's going on in that moment. I think for me, you know, being a slightly older parent, you know, almost 50 with a four-year-old, um, <laughs> I, I, I have a little more perspective. I understand how quickly time flies. And so I find myself, particularly with two older children, she's my youngest, really savoring those cuddles and that wanting mm. to be tucked in at night and that, you know, I want to snuggle with you before you go to bed and read me a book type environment just because I know that it's limited. So it's yeah. kind of the, mm-hmm. scar- the scarcity helps me savor. Is that something that uh, I guess that ties back to the don't don't eat the chocolate? Yeah, not having it is something that will make you truly savor it. It's it's like that Trace Adkins song that you're gonna miss this, you're gonna want exactly. this back these yeah. days, you know, that kind of thing. And you've got to really appreciate it, even if you know that that eh, it might be a little bit rough right now, but one day I'm gonna miss it. Well, Paul, mm-hmm. is, is there anything else you want to share about savoring? I think it's a fabulous article. I think it's a, a it's a great topic. It's one we really haven't covered very much before, but it's certainly one that uh, I know a lot of people talk about when we go to these conferences and things. Yeah, and it's a great way, again, to extend what we're learning about mindfulness and gratitude and even compassion and take that to a whole deeper level within ourselves. Yeah, so many of these practices build on each other. It's not like you can practice one thing in isolation. Right. You know, how they work together is really important, and I, I just love this topic, and I, I, I know our readers are going to. Yeah, I think it's a fun thing, and if nothing else, it's a, it's a great challenge of something new to try. For sure. Well, it has been fantastic having all three of us together on the podcast talking about uh, such an important practice for us. And uh, it's great to have you here, Paula. Look forward to talking to you again very, very soon. All right. Thank you so much. And uh, you mentioned, Deborah, all those practices that we all can work on to uh, get our happiness levels up. They're all available, at least a lot of the good ones are available, and Live Happy, 10 Practices for Choosing Joy. You can pre-order your copy and receive a digital goodie bag at livehappy.com slash pre-order, and we'll have more of our topic today here, savoring at livehappynow.com, and of course, in the new issue of Live Happy Magazine. Anything else we need to mention about the issue before we wrap this episode up? No, just if uh, you're listening to the podcast and you're not reading Live Happy Magazine, we're available in the Apple iTunes store. And you can subscribe at livehappy.com. And there's lots of content like this on livehappy.com. So if you haven't been there for a while, go there, check it out. We post new content every week, pretty much every day. There's something new out there to help you live a happier life. And uh, we hope that you're enjoying what we're doing. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Deborah. And uh, don't forget, this is not a one-way or, in today's case, three-way conversation. We invite everybody to join in the conversation by finding us on Twitter at LiveHappy, Facebook.com slash LiveHappy, or on Instagram by searching MyLiveHappy, or you can send us an email, podcast at LiveHappy.com. For Paula Phelps and Deborah Heiss, I'm J.R. Houston saying so long, thank you, and remember to always live happy. <laughs>